from your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Puche. What's good, everybody? Uh, shit. You know, I am not going to lie. They tell you not to meet your idols. I once called this man an idol. Brett told me, you got to relax. Shut up. Stop calling me that shit. But I'm going to call him one of my podcast idols because I look up to bruh. And bruh's still probably rolling his eyes like, bruh, relax. Shut the fuck up. But <laughs> I got my man, Meezy Boulevard, uh, back on another episode. Meezy, say what's up to the folks. What it do? Yeah, bro, you got to relax. <laughs> I'm a regular person. <laughs> I go, uh, I go to my nine to five. Uh, I still have arguments with my girlfriend about what we about to eat. All of the all of the regular things. I build I build Wayfair uh furniture with my girlfriend, and she do most of the work. I'm regular. She do most of the work. Most it's crazy. Work. It's crazy. Is I like I can't chime in again without giving uh, Meezy his flowers. Um, Meezy is from a podcast called The Texture Active Podcast. Shout out to producer E Rez, the whole gang over there, gang shit. Um, coming live from Winston Salem, North Carolina, right? North Carolina. Winston Salem, North Carolina, aka <sighs> the Trey Foe. <laughs> Now, I wanted Meezy on this episode, episode particular because um, I, uh, Meezy is, um, he, he's in the, Meezy, you're in the music industry. That's that's safe to say, right? You're uh, in the music industry. I like to call myself in the music industry. I don't know uh-huh. if niggas, like, I don't know if niggas will believe my credibility, <laughs> but I think, I think niggas have settled for less, so. so. Oh, most definitely, most definitely. And so, I've been listening to Textual Active Pod for about a year and a half. I don't want to lie on here. It's It's been out for a minute. They've been out for a, a good second. They, they've been consistent. And one of the things that's been super cool is just to listen to, like, the progression, one of the podcasts, and the progression of Meezy, as far as him talking about music stuff. Uh, I'm gonna say music stuff because I'm not in the industry, so you know, Meezy, correct me if I'm wrong if I you, you ever used the wrong lingo. But um, Meezy said like two weeks ago or a week ago, I can't fucking remember. He was like, "Yo, my fake resume looks way more popping." Oh, my for, real sure. Resume. for sure. For <laughs> sure. Like, and I, when he said I've that, learned to like bullshit. Yeah. If I can be honest with you, though, Meezy, Mayo people do it all the time. Yeah. G shit. I mean, I'm not like infinite getting to that, but like that creepy motherfucker that they ex- executed that was running that that uh that one sex ring that they yeah, said yeah, yeah. killed himself. He I just watched the documentary and he lied about going to college. Right. Bro make billions of dollars about lying on resume. So don't don't worry about it. I mean, I know E said it to you as well, but I'm here to say it to you too. Man, fuck what you call your fake resume. You did it, right? True. Why is it fake? It just, get paid? It feels <laughs> it feels not like I think for me, I think it's usually like mm-hmm. I always believe in get it done. Don't worry about how you got it done, right? Okay. Where the rest of the world really needs to know how you got it done, mm-hmm. not the fact that you did it, but how mm-hmm. did you get it done? How did you get it done? So okay. if I decide to call myself a graphic design, and you can mm-hmm. see that I've made things, mm-hmm. I didn't use Photoshop, so I'm not mm-hmm. proficient in Photoshop. If I show you a chart where I use the template and mm. I got the job done, mm. I'm not proficient in Excel. You know what okay. I'm saying? So it's like so it's like we love to like know a nigga that's a graphic design artist. Yeah. But all the nigga know how to do is draw. Yeah. <laughs> like, true. Yeah, graphic I see, artist. I see. 
but he did yeah. not draw. Draw, but you know what though, and we're we're gonna get into this today, and I think that kind of plays into the part of downplaying your abilities because I I mean the other day it wasn't a day it was some time ago. Meezy said something about uh I'm gonna shout you out. Ten Piece Killer. He hosts this radio station called Ten Piece Killer Radio that's um, found on uh, all your Apple podcasts. All your uh, podcasts. Yeah, all your podcasts mm-hmm. app, except okay. for Spotify because they was yeah. hating assholes. Exactly. I was waiting for him to say that. <laughs> um, and he said, Meezy goes, now Ten Piece Killer's been out, I believe, at this time, like maybe two or three weeks, and I'm listening to it. You know, I'm using it for my walks and stuff like that. I fucks with it. And Meezy goes, yo, I'm thinking about becoming a DJ. You say something like that. And then I respond to you and I go, motherfucker, you already are a DJ in my eyes. And it's just crazy the perspective of what you see yourself as to what others see you as. Every and time. every time, every time, because I, you know, I've been podcasting now for about seven months, eight months now. And I was in the middle of like, like having a meeting with one of my friends and we're talking about our different business ventures. And he goes, well, that aligns with your brand, Pooch. And I go, huh? He goes, it aligns with their brand. And I'm like, bro, you think I'm building a brand? And I didn't say it out loud, but when 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 he said that, I realized, like, yo, this is true. What I am doing is uh, what Meezy once called a culture curator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> building a brand to which, you know, people know me as. And, you know, that kind of goes along, too, with your last episode, Mood is Black. That episode was fire. Yeah. That dude was fire as fuck bro like when he said he had that superpower i was like yo teach me your ways homie <laughs> um but today's episode i wanted to jump into talking to me about the music industry and the influences of uh the music industry because one he's in it but i i'm i've never been in the music industry but i've always loved to like you know like like watch the progression or not the progression because you can't really use the word progression i feel like in music it's just a linear effect of like this is how things go because right. history repeats itself. So exactly. I don't really want to call it progression. And that's not a shot at you or diss at anybody. It's just that y'all ain't really progressing. All y'all doing is just revamping something and making it better on this end. Right. And um, and so to jump into that, Meezy, we have um me and you both are in our late twenties. Um uh, and so we were in high school. It, oh, okay, hold on. Let me stop this. I gotta bring something back up because me and Meezy recorded this once before. I fucked it up. Now I want Meezy to break this down to y'all. I fucked, up, no, like, no, I fucked it up. No, no, I fucked it up. Right, I fucked right. it up. I should have, I should have told him to, you know, like, hey, bro, I can't hear you. But I was so like engulfed in being happy to having him here that I wasn't like, oh, fuck, I can barely hear you. But Meezy is from North Carolina, Winston yeah. Salem, North Carolina. Now I live in Sacramento, California. My major base is out of California. Is I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Y'all know that. That's nine one every single day. Uh, south, uh, south side with the parents, east side with me. And no, that's just not where Martin Luther King died. There's no just. That's not just where Three Six Mafia is from. There's so much more to the city. And so, Meezy lives in West Winston Salem. On the last episode, can you explain to people how you have to explain to them where Winston Salem is? Oh, uh, so, <laughs> so when. Like, people always go, where are you from? And, like, mm. on the East Coast, in the South, a lot of times people mm. usually know. Like, if you say North yeah. Carolina and they're like, what part? Mm. And you say Western Salem, they know. Like, okay. But mm-hmm. when you start having to talk to people who have never been to the East Coast or have never mm-hmm. been to North Carolina, you have to start explaining mm-hmm. shit. So, yeah. a lot of times, uh, there's, like, a bunch of things that I'll, I say. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, well, Pam Grills from Winston Salem. 
I'll say <laughs> Pam Greer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I then know. I'll say, uh, know. then I'll say, know. Uh, you know, Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> from Winston, Salem, <laughs> North Carolina. <laughs> and then I'll say, you know, Chris Paul, the basketball player. The player, exactly. Hall of Fame point guard, Winston Salem. Mm-hmm. But the one that they always know is, you remember in the wood when Mike mm-hmm. moved to the wood? Mike was mm-hmm. from Winston Salem, North Carolina. No, North likes, Carolina. And he likes sports, and that's it. And, and motherfuckers <laughs> like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And like I said, like I said to him, you know, I feel you because it, what Meezy really just did was break down the person that he's telling this to. Because when I'm talking to a fellow black person, I go, I'm from Memphis. Now, generally, you should just know where the fuck Memphis is, I feel like. But some people don't. And I go, I'm from Memphis. And then, like, back in 06, they would be like, oh, from where? Where Yo Gotti and 3-6 Mafia from? I'm like, yeah, okay. And then 2010 came around. People were like, oh, like, first 48? And I was like, uh, unfortunately, yes. And then, you know, if I'm talking to people of male descent, I'm like, I'm from Memphis. They're like, Graceland, Elvis. And I'm like, bitch, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but... <laughs> Like, I don't fuck, I don't fuck with him. Fuck that man. He stole, we stole rock and roll from Buddy and oh man. I'm not even gonna get into that. But what was funny to me about Meezy was that months and months before I even had him on this episode, he said the damnest thing, and I'll just bring the story back up again, is that he said North Carolina by PD Pablo, raise up, take your shirt off, don't play that shit. And I said to myself, bro, that's a staple. Like, ain't that y'all shit? And it means he's like, no. No. Like, no. Like, like, I love to clear things up for the rest <laughs> of the country. Number one, PD Pablo Raise Up is not an anthem from us. Oh, my gosh. We respect what PD Pablo's contribution to hip hop was, <laughs> but it don't, like, represent. it don't represent North Carolina. Also, nobody. In the state of North Carolina, mm-hmm. refers to North Carolina as North Kakalaki. <laughs> don't know where this came from. Don't know where it became a thing. But oh none of us God. say, I'm from North no. Kakalaki. <laughs> none of us. If you want to, like, say the Carolinas, if uh-huh. you want to be specific and say, I'm from North Carolina or yeah. I'm from South Carolina. Yeah. But nobody ever says South Kakalaki at all. I don't know where this is from. I don't Ugh. know where this is from. That sounds disgusting. And, that, that is, which is crazy good. because hip hop, we've con- contributed some of big the names. most, the big, the big best names. shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Big names. We big have names. J. Cole. We've got yeah. a little brother. We have legitimately. Some shit. <laughs> what's What's even funnier is, um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was sitting back because, again, to bring this back up, guys. I live in Sacramento, California. Now, Sacramento is a different portion of California. It's not, it ain't what you see on television. What, what, what most people see in California, when I tell them I live in California, that don't live in California, they think of L.A. Mm-hmm. They think of L.A. Yeah. or Because they watch Insecure and they're like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, bro, this is Sacramento. Okay. This is cornfields in some areas and the ghetto in other areas and suburbs in other areas. It is a cluster up here in Sacramento. We ain't got no beaches. It's just hot as fuck. But what's funny is two hours uh, west of us is a place called Oakland in San Francisco. And everybody knows about San Francisco and Oakland. You know what I'm saying? But then again, like you just said, there's certain representations like here in, in, in Sacramento or in California. You don't fucking say shit like 
SF or Frisco. That shit just, I know you don't live here, you know, but that's cool. That's crazy, but it's cool because I just want to jump right into what we talked about. Um, Cause I said how Graceland is what people think about Memphis is representation. Mm-hmm. Music builds representation. You ain't never been somewhere. You probably ain't never going to go somewhere. But I remember the first time I heard Central Pay by J. Cole, I wanted to go to Central Pay because I just fucking did. Matter yeah. of fact, I had never heard of Central Pay before J. Cole said Central Pay. Yeah. I called I, that song Street Tropez. I remember uh I remember niggas talking about Greece, but I don't remember niggas saying Santa uh <laughs> Santeria. Oh, yeah. I heard Ross say. Yeah, I heard Ross exactly. said, I was like, nah, this some different shit. Then yeah. everybody started going to Centuria Greece. I'm it, like, come exactly. on, bro. Exactly. That's look, and and to get this in representation, one of my favorite, and it's not just and and one thing I'm happy that we get to do this episode again is that I last episode I kept talking about rap and music kept re- reminding me it was like pooch. It's not just rap, bro. It's music in general because the dream was my nigga. He was my shit back in '08 '09. You mm-hmm. couldn't tell me the dream woman shit. And in Fancy, on a track on Fancy, he said, from dollars to euros, I'm every nigga's hero. And I went to Europe that year with my school. Like, I begged my mama to put together some money to send me to Europe. Boy, you couldn't tell me. I, nigga, it, we had MySpace at the time. My first euro, I still got. Because I just wanted motherfuckers to know that my money's different. And that was all because of rap. I mean, that was all because of music. Everything's about music. Everything is about music. Most definitely. Music makes the world go round. And it's not, and the cool thing about music is it's like math. It's universally just accepted. Like either you like this song and people like it, or it's a bad song and some people still like it, but it's still a song. Right. Math is math, bro. Two plus two is four. Like there ain't no other way around that. You know what I'm saying? Like this is the music. But one of the things I uh, like I wanted to bring Neezy on to because we talked about this and I think he had a great understanding is the impact that music has on you especially influencing you as a young person yeah so we're in high school me and Mezi are both in high school around the time period of like 2005 2010 he probably graduated a little bit earlier than that i graduated in 2010 yeah. at that time period i'm no longer living down south i'm in cali but i'm still committed to my down south roots and in any of y'all old enough and most of y'all are because y'all our age y'all remember oh five boy the south was on the rise mm-hmm. there was nothing we wasn't touching for snap music, John was going up. He had just finished, I think that was Crunk Juice, like a year or two prior. Um, Luda was still coming with some bangers. Uh, that was everybody was just everywhere down yeah. south. He was really just trying to be down south. And what was crazy was I can't, man, I can't look at old pictures of us and think, what the fuck were we thinking? But you know, our old heads, being our parents, thought the same shit, rocking a Jerry with a short, you know, cut, and thinking that that was the shit. And that was again. Because the people we saw on television, bro, the niggas was wearing blouses. All right, Mizzy, don't get us in trouble. <laughs> the niggas is no, bro. Like the niggas were wearing blouses and slacks to go to the club. Like they, they were dancing in bell bottom slacks. Like them motherfuckers had made a term that they don't even use anymore. It was called androgynist. Yeah, you know and that shit was crazy because I asked my pops all the time. I don't know about you, but my pops had a jury. He had the jury, and. I used, it, he never wore the blouses, but he, you know, he wore the the slacks and the the loose shirts with the gold chain. My dad is still dressed like that now. 
Like, uh, my dad is like, my, not, but what I'm saying is, my dad is like, <laughs> come on, girl. We at the we at the cookout. He definitely has on a button up shirt, some like khaki shorts, and yeah. like his sneakers. And I'm like, bro, what are you like? What are you doing? We just going to eat. You can put on a t shirt. You don't have to put on nah. a button up shirt. That's him. Yeah, no, you. That's true, and I can't take it away from them because my pops. I legitimately did an episode. My pops raising Uncle Puche part two. And I told my dad I want you on an episode. My dad went and got his hair cut and put on a nice outfit. Fam, said, nobody's going to see this. Nobody's going to see this. <laughs> but I legitimately recorded the episode just because he got done up. And I said, all right, dad, you, you put on your nice threads, put on your nice necklace. <laughs> it was funny as my pops just turned 50 this year. And when he walked past me, I said, damn, nigga, you smell like you 50. And he was like, what? And I was like, nah, you smell like a, a older like, man, like, you smell like, you know how old, older OGs just smell different? Like, you know, they smell, like, in a, in a good sense. And that's crazy because, again, representation. Because my pops, when my dad was young, who was cool was Prince, Michael Jackson, and Rick James. So my dad, he ain't finna dress like them, but he still walks around with that cold-blooded feeling inside his heart because he, he came off of. Right. Whereas me, I still got Forever I Love Atlanta, bump it in the back of my head while Trillville, get on my level, just ushers through my brain sometimes. And I'm like, yo, it's 2020. Why do I still want to tell motherfuckers if you don't give a damn, we don't give a fuck? <laughs> because it's a fucking thing of like, remember this shit that connected with us. Us as people oh, yeah. love nostalgia and we love what... Like, <sighs> That's what the fucking like everything is like built off people because we all the same. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens with and it's, it's culture in general. Like that's why they keep fucking making superhero movies, bro. Oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. you gotta understand this shit was a comic book for people like like that got people through and you mm-hmm. grow up to love the comic books mm-hmm. and now they mm-hmm. put that shit on a movie. So if you enjoy yeah. movies, you're gonna wanna go see it. You don't want to go see it. Everything lines up in order. Like, that's why, like, I be looking at people and people will be like, man, this fucking song is a hit. And I be (laughs) like, nigga, yeah, because you already like the sample. Yeah. I love love Sweetie. I love Sweetie. But Sweetie can't touch not one more too short song. I don't care if she is from the Uh, (laughs) back. Man, that that broke my heart. I heard. Sweetie, you've, you've done all of Too Short's hits. Yeah. <laughs> you heard him. You heard him on uh, "Blow the Whistle." You the heard him re- on "Shake That Monkey." The you rest of the country has a. The rest of the country has a small affinity for yeah. the Bay because they only know a few artists. Oh yeah, and 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 to bring it in. Sorry to cut you off, but I'm living in Sacramento, which is two hours away from the Bay. Mm-hmm. When 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 Drizzy said, um, uh. Um, just hit the thizzle dance, uh, Mac Dre shit. People went crazy because three years, four years prior, he said, "Um, how you feel? How you feel? How you feel?" Twenty five sitting on twenty five mil, and he said that shit about um, uh, rest in peace, Mac Dre. Feeling, oh, I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. Like rest in peace, Mac Dre, bro. You'd have thought that the Bay Area, which is a large area that people know about, but they don't know rappers from here. You'd have thought that he just shouted out a whole community, but. That's representation. It brings back around. People want people to know where they're from. <clears throat> yeah. Especially because there's people that live in, like, people live in small places. Yeah. 
though a lot of people like the majority of people like the majority of us don't live in a big city like no. you from memphis yeah but memphis is also like shit on as uh like as a city and <laughs> what their contributions to music mm-hmm. is like for a long time the south was just shitted on for their contributions to music yes. and especially in rap oh most definitely most and definitely so then, like we love to like talk talk about how we made our own and produced our own. But a lot of times niggas don't talk about what the bay did. The bay created their own sound. They had their own swag. Like mm-hmm. when you watch like you go on YouTube and type in the mm-hmm. shit they was doing, these niggas is like outside having full on festivals. And it's just Close. a Saturday night. Side show, swinging the cars. <laughs> it's just a Saturday it's, night. Just a Saturday, and a normal. And it was nothing before COVID, y'all. Before COVID, and, and, and I know Meezy knows because he's he's versed in this. But before COVID, they used to do this thing in the Bay where they would literally shut down the freeway just for fun. Yeah, and where motherfuckers would just swing their cars in the middle, and just people would just sit there, and it would just be the craziest. Shit. I mean, cops would come. It would break out. It looked like the North, uh, um, a fucking Fast and Furious movie. How about and say everything was, you ever seen in Fast and the Furious? Yeah, that's what they it's, did. That's what they did. That was actually real. That's that. Now I can vouch for that part of the movie. Now when they started jumping out of buildings and shit, shit got crazy. Yeah, now, <laughs> but to bring it back to what you just said about Sweetie and sampling, sampling, uh, too short. Now I'm under this depiction. I, I like. Let me let me stop something for a second. Now. Uh, I don't like saying this shit out loud because I sometimes makes it. I think it makes me sound like I'm stuck up, but I only say this to people because sometimes I have to take talk to people because they think that I'm not educated. I guess, and I have to say, look, check this out, bro. I got a degree in history. All right, homeboy, I studied this, <laughs> but the consumer market really doesn't want something new. They want something that makes them feel good and nostalgic. So, sweetie, really fucking sampling too short. Only is history repeating itself. Remember when I said music doesn't progress. It just becomes linear to the time and, you know, just circles back around. They just, oh, yeah, I remember this was summer 05. This is that too short record. And now the old head's bumping his head because, you know, that old head that heard the song when it first came out in 1993. It's like, yeah, this is that too short record. I remember when this shit came out in the, 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 the middle gaps, like you and I are like, man, I remember when this shit was popping when, you know, oh five when I first heard it, and now the young kids, it's like, oh, this sweetie record, and it's like, hold on, nigga, right. no, it's not. Right. <laughs> and no, the fun, I... the fun thing is, like, you have to, like, you get on the internet and see motherfuckers like stand up for their error, and oh, it's just like, goodness. bro, you don't have to do this. No, you these don't. These young kids, <laughs> number one, these young kids don't give a fuck. Not one bit. Uh, when uh Juju on the beat, no, it, no, that's Karma. Like, bro, oh my god, they don't give a fuck. They don't, they don't know what they just want to shake their yeah. They just want to do the Juju on the beat. Juju, mm-hmm. on, they just want to do that shit. They don't care Oops. where it came from, and mm-hmm. we be forgetting. Like, we was I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. It's like, bro, mm-hmm. I hate rap because mm-hmm. the niggas that came before us took all the good samples. <sighs> <laughs> like, like, uh, like, when you hear Cameron and Jewels on Old oh Boy, <laughs> yep. you go, "This be crazy." Yeah. This Blaze was going crazy. He was. He was. Then when you like dove into it, you remember, this is look. This is what's crazy about it. You mm. listen. You look up the what the sample is. Mm-hmm. It's Rolls Royce. Royce. I'm going mm-hmm. down. 
You don't remember Rolls Royce singing it. You remember Mary J. Blige singing it. Exactly. 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 Because if you play if you play that Rolls Royce version, I'm like, where's the Mary J? Like, so we don't be knowing Mm -mm. like you know what I'm saying? We don't be knowing the history. We just be remembering like, Mm -hmm. oh shit, these are the songs that we heard growing up. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's like I I don't really I wasn't really into it. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But this new shit just gave it new life. And if 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 I could, um I and 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 you know, I'll cut this out if I'm wrong. But if I could if I think I remember Banks, uh the artist you work with, right? Yeah. He has this uh video when he's in the woods, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was so crazy is I I'm old enough not to do this now. But back before I knew anything about industry or just kind of just how sensitive shit could be, it was the first time I saw Banks and first time I listened to his beat and I just saw his aesthetic, someone took the words right out of my mouth. They was like, this reminds me of old Pimp C shit. And right. I thought, I don't want to say that to him, though, because I'm pretty sure, one, he's probably heard that a million of times. And two, although he's probably flattered, I'm sure he's trying to create his own lane. And he ain't trying to motherfuckers. It was like when Ariana Grande first came out, motherfuckers used to be like, she sounds like Mariah Carey. And that was probably flattering at first when you're a nobody. But when you're trying to create your own shit, dog, I don't want to sound like them. Unless you're a fucking designer and you want to sound like Future. Then <laughs> <laughs> the thing of, That's wild because I don't, I didn't, I didn't associate with, I think Panda sounded like Future, but I don't think... Mm. He was that's trying it. to. I think them niggas just have the same speaking voice. Yeah, no, that's it. That I think that was the only his. That was the only like quote unquote right. ram of him even coming close to because everything else not, doesn't sound shit like that. Right. But um, but with but, uh but like with Banks, it's a it's a purposeful thing. Mm-hmm. We from the South. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying the thing. The biggest thing with him is, uh, like that's my brother, so I could speak for mm-hmm. him. Like that's my mm-hmm. guy. But uh, like he had a he had an older brother, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so uh, when he like first got into rap, he would listen to the North. Like he listened to niggas like Dipset. He listened to like okay, you know what I'm saying, niggas from New York and rap. And his older brother had to like sit him down and say, Nah, bro, you gotta start listening to the shit from the South. Like the South yeah. is where it's at. Mm-hmm. And so his influences when he make like his influences is you know three six, mm-hmm. UGK you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. Pimp C one of his favorite rappers of all time. So shows. with the with the song that you say uh, mm. uh for the fall for the fall starts off one motherfucker two motherfucker three motherfucker, motherfucker three, four motherfucker that's four. a Pimp C line. Yeah, it's a Pimp it C is. line, and he it is. specifically wants to make sure that his sound sounds southern. Because all they ever do is say the southern people from the south can't rap. Which can I pause this? One, <laughs> one, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk on that. Cause the South got something saying y'all motherfuckers can't have y'all ball back. Yes. That's a fucking that's a bar. Just yeah. for you motherfuckers who don't know, go look that up. It's crazy to think that because we are from a region of a certain part of America that's considered dumb, which I just gotta call it out because that's what motherfuckers think. Right. Um, is that you don't realize how much game has really been savored from this area that that's one thing that blows me but the second thing that blows my mind is you said banks's brother had to sit him down right now one or two reasons i'm just going to guess that he had to sit him down one he was like bro you're you're ingratiating with niggas we don't know nothing about these new york exactly. or east coast motherfuckers that's not us okay that's not us they don't represent right. us but two the representation representation part is that 
I, I, is Banks, he's about your age, right? Yeah, he's about your age. Age. Okay, cool. So me, you, and Banks grew up in a time period for all you people who are too young to know this, but you right. should know, called 106 and Park <laughs> in TRL. If you were on those two shows at the time, motherfucker, you were winning. And there was three, no Instagram. And, and Rap City ba- Basement. Rap City Basement. Oh, basement, exactly. Rap City Basement. Um, which is actually one shout out to them because they were long, they were on before everybody else. Yeah. Um, so if you're on those three shows back in the day, that was Instagram for us. Right. That was Facebook right. for us. That was MySpace. You made if it. If you on them shows, you you made it. Yeah. And so as a kid, I remember there was three motherfuckers that used to always be on uh television, for me at least. I and I just noticed them. It was Bow Wow, because Bow Wow was just getting it at the time. Jay-Z, mm-hmm. and then there was a mixture in between whoever a West Coast artist was, yeah. but that would probably be like Snoop, maybe, like Snoop. Yeah. And you know, there was a, there's other people there too. Down South, man, I'm gonna be real with you because I'm from Memphis. They was always in my heart, 3-6 Mafia, but Outcast was my only outlet for seeing the South realistically exactly. played consistently. Outcast was it. And that's not shouting, you know, that's not shooting them down. So I love three stacks. I love Big Boy. I think they set a huge foundation. But what, what blew my mind was I don't see UGK on television until Big Pimpin' video. Yeah. And UGK had been coming out yeah. with shit. Yeah. 10 years strong at that point. Yeah. They had been t- they were literally when they were like underground kings. Bruh, yeah, they were. You had just heard of them. Yeah. So bring back to representation, bro. It's crazy. Now we're me and you. Let's put this in perspective for everybody. And everybody will remember this. We're fucking 15, 16 years old, dog. There's this fucking internet sensation. This random ass kid came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. And he has this dance and he has this song. And it ain't nothing I ever heard before. Nah, before you even get into that, you gotta explain okay, to people. Mm-hmm. This was a nigga that was making music in his house, in his in his grandma house, I think. In his grandma house, grandma house, in grandma house, on this had... fucking Dell laptop. Exactly. I mean, this Dell desktop that everybody yeah. got, that fucking tower desktop that with tower the dual giant. with the dual exactly. disc players. Yeah, he's it, it in was... his house making in his music, house. and it's <laughs> and recording the videos to it of him <laughs> and his friend dancing, dancing, and I'm like, yo. Who is this motherfucker? And it when I tell y'all, I ain't never smoked crack, but that shit spread like crack. Fam, you gotta yeah. understand that in, <laughs> in 2007, 2008, uh-huh. 2009, uh-huh. the first money he got, uh-huh. he went and bought a Chrysler 300. <laughs> oh, God. That's crazy. Like, I mean, that's that's balling at the like time. At the time, we all like that. You had that a fake Chrysler, Rolls Royce. You had a Chrysler. You was doing something, and, and he bought it. Was, he put Lamborghini doors on that Chrysler uh, and pulled it into the Piggly Wiggly parking lot. So, are we both still talking about Soldier Boy? Yes, bro. Oh my god! <laughs> he bought a I did Chrysler. Not know all this. Put Lamborghini doors on it and pulled it up to the fucking Piggly, Piggly Wiggly. Wiggly and was like outside of the Piggly Wiggly with his Chrysler. So ugly. The nigga That's had so rubber ugly. band chains. He didn't have oh, like neck regular yeah. necklaces. He had a rubber band rubber necklace. He did. He did. And and to to most who can remember this time, you do realize that Soldier Boy was the coolest motherfucker walking this planet our age. Mm-hmm. And and I mean, yeah, is it kind of crazy to see what he's transitioned to? Yeah, mm. but no. leave that alone. No, no, I believe it's, it. It's, 
it, it, it's you know what, what happens. It's what's supposed it, to happen. It, I, and you know what? I was going to touch on that. I was going to leave that alone because you don't realize people's reality until you're in it. Exactly. And so, yeah, I, I, I can believe it. Like, him and, Bow wow, him and Bow Wow becoming the people that they are, I see that. It's supposed to happen. You, you got to understand, like, I, mm-hmm. what happens with us is that mm-hmm. we become, we come from nothing. Like, yep. We True. come from not shit, like no like, lineage, none of that <laughs> shit. Like I, like niggas think Bow Wow from Atlanta, but he always represents <laughs> Ohio. Ohio. Oh, Ohio. He got the, he got the, got the Tim Couch Cleveland Browns jersey on his first uh, Beware the Dog album. But niggas will associate Bow Wow with Atlanta. And what people be failing to realize is we don't come from like having shit, Mm-mm. and so you are telling me that. This kid who just decided to start making music in his grandma basement mm-hmm. started taking on this platform that don't nobody understand how to use it, which mm-hmm. is called YouTube, and oh. just start making videos and putting this shit out daily mm-hmm. to weekly. Mm-hmm. Get a song and this song pop at a time oh. where, oh shit, this nigga just made it. Mm-hmm. At 17. A millionaire at 17, yeah. by the time you're 30, I'm not sure you're supposed to be the good, wholesome kid that you was. You know what uh, I'm saying? Like no. At 17, you don't even know who you are. Oh, not even an idea. So by the time Soldier Boy becomes 30, I think everything that happened to Soldier Boy is supposed to happen. To quote that trash-ass song that I didn't like last year by the artist that you love, uh, he had no guidance. Uh. <laughs> You know, I, I hate that song, but that's the truth. The guidance portion, and again, goes back into representation. I could not tell y'all how badly I, like, I hit the dance floor with my Ibizu jeans and my red monkeys and my jabos and my tall tees and my fitted lid cap. Bro, look at hip-hop, bro. Look how hip-hop had us dress. <laughs> look at how they had us dress. Bro, you know what's crazy is that I remember at the time wearing that shit, thinking like, "Oh man, I'm cool, bro." That shit, my pops was wearing back in the '80s. Them, them niggas, them motherfuckers look crazy. Boy, I pulled up a picture the other day. I said, "So the, oh. I had on a Kuji polo, mm. a multi-colored mm. Kuji polo, that stupid I, fruity Kuji, stupid fruity." Stupid fruity swag. That's what we used to call it. Stupid fruity swag is what. We, like, listen to those words, ladies and gentlemen. Stupid fruity swag. That don't even sound politically <laughs> correct. Okay, pause that. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> that sounds terrible. Shout out, shout out Boozy, bro. Oh boy, I, what was it? I what we what was he? I nine or what was his highway? I can't remember. I don't remember. I can't. Man, I don't remember. But let me tell y'all something. When I heard, <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers, y'all y'all got pissing me off. You want to talk shit? You want to run your mouth? Shout out the fuck. I mean, I don't care how toxic. Put your pussy lips on the gram. I give you a thousand dollars. Yes, uncle. I, I agree with you. Do that, aunt. Shout out, Boosie. Boosie taught us a lot of shit. Like oh, he told me so much. Like I, Boosie was probably one of the first people I saw do a money spread. Like he, that, there's that one video of Boosie like throwing yeah. all those monies on the ground yeah. and telling niggas, yeah. if you find a, if you find a fifty in here, I'm pussy. <laughs> Like not like a dollar, not a twenty. If you find all I got is straight hundreds. If you find a fifty in here, I'm crazy. Like and I'm like at a time looking at this like Yeah, that's that's really how niggas that's that's really how I wanna be. 
yeah, that's really how I want to be. I want to be that because to underline that, and I'll finish this last statement because to people is Boosie. To me, it was always Webby. Mm-hmm. I always said Webby was <laughs> down south's Tupac. I love me some Webby. Hey, okay? shout out Webby. Webby, it, you don't get your flowers, Webby. Webby. He when he died, he no. When he died, no disrespect, and I'm not trying to wish death on him. When he died, his music gonna resurface, and everybody gonna be like, "Oh yeah, yeah." Nah, shut up. Because yeah. his music, that first uh, uh, Savage Life mm-hmm. album. But to get into this now, because I want to talk to you about something super funny when it comes to, like you said, you see that that's what I want to be. All right, so I see the rapper. I want to be the rapper. Not only do I want to be the rapper because he seems cool, ladies love them. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the rapper. It's the R&B singer. Right. It's whoever the fuck it is. Right. And it's like, I can't tell you, again, this is why music is so influential, because you know, when you're 14, 15 years old, you ain't got no bills to pay, realistically. Right. And unless you're in the system, you're worried about two things. Busting nuts and hanging with your homies. Facts. At least that was what I was worried about. That's all I cared about when I was 15 And years everything old. else either led to busting nuts or mm-hmm. hanging with your homies. That's it. If you That's was an athlete, the athletes led to you either busting nuts yeah. or hanging with, nuts, your hang with your friends. <laughs> if you was a guy that was into dressing, it led to mm-hmm. busting nuts or hanging that's, with your friends. <laughs> like yeah, that's it. That's legitimate. As a fifteen-year-old boy, when I started this podcast, I had to make. I had to put out an APB like a because uh, I I got friends who have kids and stuff like that. And I'm like, dog, when y'all kids turn 13, 14 years old, bro, bring these little boys in because believe me, everything you thought you knew about your son, when he turned 13, 14 years old, that's out the window, bro. I'm looking at the niggas I think are fly. And if I don't think my dad is fly, then I'm looking at whatever rapper or dancer or music entertainer that's fly because he getting the girls or whatever you interested in. Let me just throw that out there. You know what I'm saying? Um, But yeah, so you think this, man. We got our rappers. I already said Webby was my Tupac, right? Boosie was Boosie. Uh, We had all these people we had. Now, the youth... I'm going to try to be correct with this, but I'm, I'm going to just be real with you. One of my problems with the younger generation now is like I used to think that I, I knew who I was, which I was on. But I would never be as crazy as some of my favorite artists. But some of my friends embodied Gucci Mane when he said, you fuck with them, you fuck with me. You stuck, you fuck with them, you stuck with me. My friend embodied that. Rest in peace his soul. That nigga's dead because he was on that type of hype. Mm-hmm. I think the youth now are so engulfed in doing drugs and being low-key OD and sad, I'm like, yo, what is this? So, is the music more toxic now, or am I just almost 30, Meezy, and I'm like, that shit is not cool. I think what people have to realize is that uh, music is only a reflection of us. That's why everything relates so well. True. You gotta understand uh, there's no way that me living my twenties as a uh, as a black man in America from a small town who um, falls in love easily, but also plays a role like that has a role of being toxic of this situationship guy should relate to a twenty nine year old light skinned half breed from Canada. <laughs> Million. You said that on Twitter. You said that on Twitter yesterday, and I couldn't wait to get you to talk about. So this. what I'm trying to figure out is, <laughs> there's no way that I should relate to what he's saying. This man has no. millions, has millions. women at his disposable. 
Why is Drake able to write lyrics that apply to my life? Why should I think he should? <laughs> like, why? How does that? How does that correlate? Yeah. How is it that this drug dealer turned rapper mm-hmm. from New York City mm-hmm. knows exactly what my struggle is, and mm-hmm. he can say, uh, "Them niggas say they may hove. Okay, um, make another make hove. Another one. Like, mm-hmm. wait." I'm here struggling. Niggas is stealing my shit. Mm-hmm. How the hell? Like, how do Un Hove know that about me? Mm-hmm. So I think all, I think music is all universally relatable. You no, know, regardless yep. of where you from, where it's at, we all go through the same problem. Mm-hmm. So now I think what happens with this generation, the generation makes music that's ref- reflective. I've <laughs> never been to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but everything I hear over the last, like, over the years of me listening to hip hop from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Baton Rouge is a place that you really don't want to go to. I listen. I lived in Louisiana for two years. I'm gonna vouch for that. <laughs> so from so from from Boosie to from Boosie and Webby mm-hmm. to Young Boy, Young this Boy. is not a place where you want to go. Be that is their reality, and what happens is niggas say, "Oh shit, I can relate." Mm-hmm. So they're just relating because it's reflective of life. Like a lot of niggas is sad. We are all sad. I'm fucking dejected, my G. I mean, we ain't got to the point where we popping purge. Nah, we not that, none of that. <laughs> But some people have. Like mm-hmm. one of the funniest shits me and my girlfriend laugh at to this day. We were in Atlanta at uh at a restaurant and we had Uber to the restaurant and mm-hmm. so we was waiting on the Uber to come back. And we like standing by the door, and this guy go, "Man, when I get home, I'm about to pop a, I'm about to pop, I'm about to pop a Zan and go to sleep." Oof! I ain't never heard like a nigga just openly say that shit <laughs> like in, in real life. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh, these niggas are really doing this. Yeah, yeah. So these are like realities. These ain't like it. Ha- like for something to become a trend, somebody has to do it. Yeah, and it's got to be more than one person doing it. Like, people are actually doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. When people are saying, I smoke Obama, Obama runs, <laughs> there's really something out here in the world called Obama runs. <laughs> like, this ain't like somebody just decided to say something one day and it and it caught on. No, mm-hmm. people are doing the shit in reality. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, these young kids are, are living a reality. Yeah. Some of it is false. Some of it is real. But mm-hmm. they are living a reality, and that's what they do. Yeah. No. That, that, that's true. That's true because, you know, it, although it's art imitating life sometimes, in, 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 in some of the shit is fiction. But as you said, it's it does have a lot of grain of truth. Uh, Mr. Fab, he's a, a rap artist out here in the Bay. Yeah. He's heavily in that. You know about him. He's heavily in the hyphen movement. There was a documentary I was watching of him. And, and it's so funny when I hear an artist say this. Uh, a thing out here in Sacramento or Northern California, they used to do this thing called Dizzin. Mm-hmm. Was popping ecstasy pills. Now, I ain't never did no damn ecstasy personally because that shit sounds crazy. But when I first moved here, they made it sound like it was all the rave. Like, you know, I'm on the thiz, pop the thiz, whatever, whatever. And Mr. Fab said in the documentary, he literally goes, you know, I find it kind of crazy. People walk up to me and they be like, man, I be dizzing hella hard to your music. And he said, man, I don't thiz. I don't I don't take drugs. Like, bro, this is just music. And so that's where, to me, I think where you have to find that happy place 
to understand like this is just art bro this this ain't real but then again as Meezy says how the fuck should drake or why do you think drake should be able to relate this man has been rich or not even rich i'd say damn near wealthy for almost over 10 years now probably over 10 years exactly bro he shouldn't be like even if he did relate to you understand his reality is different um i think it's because we take this thing and we idolize people because of what who they are what they are oh yeah like what i said yesterday is you brought Mm. up Mm. was (laughs) everybody keeps going Drake is chasing women. Like, all of this music is becoming, mm. like, it's about to be, it's the same. Mm. It's always him crying over a woman. It's always mm. him trying to do something about? about a woman. But Drake is a 33-year-old fucking uh, bachelor mm-hmm. with millions of dollars mm-hmm. who have women who come at him at his disposal. With these. <laughs> what do y'all want me to talk about? What do y'all want me to talk about? What do you, of course he's supposed to fly a girl out to Greece and take her to Louis and take her to Gucci. Because he can't. Meezy, if I can if I can if I can pause you, uh and you may disagree with me on this, but take care, maybe because it just hit me at a different time in my life, is always gonna be my favorite Drake album. And he said and take care once that no i don't make music for niggas who don't get pussy so those are the type of motherfuckers i expect to overlook me and i was like he's he's getting he is he is he's not married no like (laughs) a 33 year old man with enough money to do whatever he wants is not married Mm -hmm. he's supposed like his music is a reflection of his life yeah Um, i'm really out here not trusting girls because of shit I've had, mm-hmm. like shit issues I've had in the past. I'm really out here flying girls out just to see what's up with them because I can do it. Like it's like niggas are like so we are so at this part where we mm-hmm. think black people are supposed to be progressed at a point of maturity and level mm-hmm. that we forget to think that we also real people, humans. Nigga, if you don't got no girlfriend or you don't got no fiance and you ain't got no wife right now, you are still out in the streets, regardless uh, of what your financials are. <laughs> I, I am not going to lie. I don't care what nobody say. Them, like, dating, them dating apps definitely say differently. Boy, I am out here. <laughs> yeah, it's like, unless you have something at home. I'm like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We always give the credit. You know, they always give the light to Kendrick and, and Cole about them being very progressive in the black the black progressive movement. I'm like, you do realize these niggas is at home now. Yeah. They, they have wives and families now. Exactly. But life they not out here though. chasing women no more. Life was different. You know what I'm saying? Kendrick's first album was all about him going to see a bitch. Literally. That's Sorry. all. I didn't mean to say it like that, but he's going to see a girl. He's going to see a woman. That's what the yeah. album is about. It was about yeah. him going to get some pussy. Mm-hmm. Literally. Him By the second the- album, he wasn't tr- out here in the streets going to get pussy no more. Oh, he ain't even had that to rap about. Now, <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And, and you can stop me if you don't or do want to. Now, we just recently, since the last time we spoke, this hadn't happened. But you got the Meg situation that just popped off, right? Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think? And I'm sure y'all probably gonna have a lot to say about that on your own platform. How much of that do you feel like was too? <laughs> as I can hear you sighing, uh, was just too much of trying to imitate a depiction of your life, of being something you're not, and you actually just being about certain life because we don't know details. 
So it's really hard to speak on. So I think that's I, what it is. I think mm -hmm. what it is 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 a case of whatever they had going on, they had going on. Mm -hmm. None of us knew. We don't know what happened. We don't know what was going on. Hmm. Yeah, I just think it was some shit like we don't know what's going on with them. And so I don't think it was I I think Tori probably has to. He's a star now. I think people have to walk around with guns. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like I don't know if he shot her on purpose. I don't know if he shot her defending somebody. But I believe that people of that magnitude have to walk around with a gun. Yeah, I'm normal and I shit that I'd be wanting to protect myself. Motherfuckers is crazy in the streets. But I guess what I uh, my question was about that was that um there's now this narrative of like now nothing's funny about anybody getting shot her or him or nothing like that like i'm not gonna joke about that whatsoever so let me be clear but you know me and you thrive on twitter uh measy lives on twitter it'd be like four o'clock in the morning i'd be like what the fuck is this man up tweeting? i be at work i am a regular <laughs> person who works a third shift job <laughs> Measy got, got celebrity status. No, I'm just messing. Um, but no, Measy, so, you know, people were making fun of the situation. You know, 50 Cent, like, posted a picture of it or whatever. And, uh, and you know, Meg came out. She was like, hey, you know, like, this is a very serious moment. Like, you guys should be making fun of it. Like, now, my question to you, when we look at music and here what it go. is. It's, hey. Here we go about this whole protected black woman thing. Now we're not allowed to make jokes about no, motherfuckers getting just, shot. Just because she's a black woman. Just because she's a black woman. We just can't make jokes about it. Yeah, get I was, li was literally going to get into that. And, and, and we what spent two weeks making fun of August Alcino for yeah. how he felt, but yeah. then turn around and say black men don't express themselves. Yeah, that was crazy. That was crazy. And <laughs> and, 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 and if I could, ladies and gentlemen, I employ you, me and Meezy made an episode regarding talking about protecting black women, so that's what he's kind of alluding to. But he took the words right out of my mouth, guys. That's where I find this to be so confusing. Now, nothing's funny about someone getting shot. But damn, when you heard that story, like, I saw this one video that said it was like, Meg, hey, Tori, move your car, move your seat up. You don't need that much leg. And then before he could finish, a nigga pulled out the Ruger and started shooting. And I was like, bro, that's actually kind of funny. But the 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 the. the the upside of this or the downside of this is if you laugh at this situation right now, people are like, you're not protecting a black woman. You're not protecting women. And it's like, yo, weren't we just laughing at the side dude for crying on television? You know what like, I'm saying? Two weeks you know what ago? I'm saying? And what then, are we talking about? And that usually is my argument even mm -hmm. though it, it always falls on a deaf ear. But my mm -hmm. argument is usually we don't treat each other like shit. Mm -mm. So, you know what I'm saying? We sat here, we always, we all, they, it's always a conversation of how black men don't express their feelings and black men are these guarded people. But mm -hmm. the one time a black man showed vulnerability, mm -hmm. all we did was laugh at him. Like, nigga, I, I seen niggas say, I seen niggas say Jada must have been dicking him down. I saw that. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. What's fucked up about it was, and my initial thought when I first got that news was that was like, bro, so she must have been pegging this motherfucker or something because he got to be soft. And then I had to chill myself to chill because I was like, yo, pooch, like, do you remember what it was like trying to come out and tell a woman how you felt about something? And she basically was like, shut your bitch ass up. Not even like, that. Do you remember what it was like to lose the first love of your life? Oh, boy. <laughs> that's all August did. All August yeah, did that's... was fall in love with a woman that he couldn't have. Yeah, 
True. And in public. Right. Because I did it in private. Only only people that know that story is me, the people I told, and her. And realistically, ain't no she ain't finna get no damn sixty minute uh documentary. Like ain't nobody finna go so ask I'm my saying, first love. So Meg's like. gotta understand that no matter what it is that Meg does, mm-hmm. we're gonna scrutinize her. Most definitely. And I guess to bring this back to music, this is where I and I man, I'm so glad we get to do this again because one thing I wanted to ask you about is the 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 narrative in music, whether that's rap or R and B. Because here, I got this I got this perspective. Let's just talk about R and B and and rap because that's more of a dominated by black culture, and that's what man, I was. All of that shit is black culture. True. If, I mean, they, they just all that shit is black culture. They just True. steal the shit from us. And then true. try to name it some other shit else while That's telling true. us, hey, you either got to be rap or R&B. Well, and, and to, to back me up on that, one of my favorite genre of music is technically disco. But disco is dead, quote unquote. But disco is pop, which is alternative, which is all this other shit. And it's like, bruh, this all started with disco. Which Your favorite started... pop artist sing R&B music. That's fucking true. But <laughs> my question to you is this as I think about this now we're living in this age we already talked about how things reflect itself how is it that we look at something and we are able to uh, damn dog I'm gonna just go out and say it I love trap music that's my shit right but when I hear about a trap artist getting shot or shot at I'd be like yep I, I can believe it now the flip side of like Meg getting shot or shot at or whatever is I think about motherfuckers talking about scamming niggas and being in the mall with niggas and doing all this other shit and I'm like that usually comes with dangerous ass people that doesn't really shock me that something like this could happen now again let me pause myself before y'all want to get crazy I didn't say nobody deserves to get shot all I'm saying is if I hung out with scammers and 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 all this other crazy shit me getting shot should not be that shock like shocking to y'all right like fam we had a listen to what happened jt was really living them la- room raps yeah, and jt had yeah. to go to jail yeah what yeah we made yeah. free jt movement just because free when niggas say free somebody is just oh we don't want to see them in jail that's really yeah. all that is it, it's they not, deserve to be there they deserve <laughs> to, it's nothing to do with if they whether or not they deserve to be there yes yeah. we don't want to see them there we just want to see that. JT was scamming niggas. Barely. She was really living her raps. Dead ass. She got caught. JT had to go to jail. <laughs> like, That's how it works. I don't care if you rap or not. If you sell drugs and you kick indoors and That's niggas want to retaliate. That's going to happen. Life is going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> like, and it's... It just it befuddles me because this is why I wanted to have this conversation with Meezy. It was just like, yo, Meezy, like, am I crazy? But I feel like if we're at the point of time where like people feel like they can say and do whatever the fuck they want, right? Because it works. It, yeah. <laughs> because it works. Yeah. If I come but... out tomorrow, listen. If I come out tomorrow mm-hmm. and I say I got a song in my phone mm-hmm. and Drake stole the flow from it, mm-hmm. the narrative of it is. The Drake steals flows. Yeah. He probably stole your flow, Meezy. Yep. And because people be like, nah, I fuck with Meezy. Mm-hmm. He make good music. Drake mm-hmm. stole his flow. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. They're going to say Drake was stealing Meezy flow. But mm-hmm. in hindsight, 
He probably didn't steal it from me. Nope. Because rap doesn't have flows that are owned by people. No. Everybody sounds alike. Everybody says the same things. Everybody says the same things. Yeah. All the production sounds best because you'll have an mm. argument with somebody who say, nah, these mm. niggas not talking about nothing. The beat just sounds mm. good. Yeah, exactly. So then it's the like, first... all right, if we decide, if I can say, if I can say this and get recognition for it, I'm going to say it mm-hmm. and get recognition mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't care. And you know what's crazy? Is I know Jay-Z gets a lot of flack about that because people like, he stole Biggie's flow or he stole that lyric. And it's like, I remember when I first heard Jay-Z say, yeah, I sound, but your voice, you was using it wrong. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. <gasps> I said, damn. He basically just said, I can take what you did and just do it better. And that's really what things break down to. But what I want to focus on is the reality of the reality when it comes to music. Because music is art, but we make it reality because it actually is what people are living, like Jay-Z exactly. said. So you can't get mad when this shit kicking doughs, slapping hoes, slamming Cadillac doughs. Uh, what, sir? You're going to jail. Like, <laughs> like, how are you going to debate me on this? Like, that's just a matter of time if you actually do what you say. And so it just kind of, it, it just, I wanted to hear your narrative. And I knew you were going to say that. It's just like, dude, it's just a matter of time. They're like, how, do, how can you, you know, one of my favorite rappers who never got his just due, but it's his fault is this dude named Shine. I don't know if you remember Shine. <laughs> Everybody who doesn't remember Shine, go up and look up Shine. Shine, and I'm just paraphrasing because I don't really know what happened tonight. Shine was so much about their life that he basically broke up Diddy and J-Lo's relationship. You know, like, niggas out here shooting people at nightclubs and shit? Uh, sir. When it came down to it, Diddy, for the most part, what they say, like, rolled on Shine. That's what people say. And it's like, bro, Diddy had a whole multi-million mogul shit to be about he didn't have time to be playing with shine and proving that he was a bad boy for real I mean, <laughs> you... or do you think did he shot niggas I, and, and yeah. pinned it on shine uh, yes <laughs> i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be that guy but puff <laughs> puff track record of being a, a very aggressive black man is, is very true. Very, very documented. If you don't believe yeah. me, ask Steve Stout. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I'm pretty sure true. Steve Stout still cringes every time he sees a bottle of champagne. Oh shit! I mean, I mean, I mean, Mr. Carter, Uncle Uncle Jay Z did stab a nigga in a nightclub. I mean, which is crazy yeah. because if you now think about the duality of hip hop, we were about to lose them in the same year. These moguls yeah. that we, you know what I'm saying, hip-hop moguls that everybody looks mm-hmm. up to, Jay-Z and P. Diddy, almost mm-hmm. lost both of them to 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 sim, to to the system at the same mm-hmm. in the same year. Yeah. Yeah. Would you would you like to expound on that? Because I don't really I'm not familiar. What happened with that situation? So, you know, when Jay stabbed when he stabbed on in the club. Uh-huh. He was arrested, and he went on trial, yep. and him and yep. R. Kelly made that wild-ass record about innocent oh, and guilty. Yeah, that's so crazy. <laughs> While this was going on, I I think in a six-month lifespan, Puff mm-hmm. also went on trial for the exact for that nightclub shoot at the oh, same that time. Nightclub shoot. It, oh yeah, there yeah. is it's they're both in a six-man of each other. So if they mm-hmm. would have got locked up and been found yeah. guilty, they would have both went away at the same time. 
that would have been crazy. <laughs> I wouldn't know how the world would have shaped. You know what I'm saying? If we lost Diddy and Jay Z in the same year because the motherfuckers is wild. But you know what though, Meezy, that plays a part in what we talked about earlier, right. talking about progression and getting older. Because those two motherfuckers, although I'm sure they, if they needed to, they would do what they got to do. Right. But to that extent, to let people know that it's Jay Z who did it. Or is Diddy who did it? Nah, bro. Like, I, I'll get you touched. But, you know, I'll get you touched in ways that motherfuckers don't know. Then, you know, I'm the one knocking you off and shit like that. But that comes with progression. You know, that's kind of like, I don't want to, God, I don't want to use that analogy. But it's just like, you see how I've grown up? You see how I matured? If I fuck you up, <laughs> I'm not going to be the shooter no more. And that just comes with how you you figure with music. Because Diddy's and Jay-Z, I mean, when Jay-Z's on um, 444, he goes, I can't, he's like, uh, I can't take that threat. I got a set of twins. That's some shit you'll never hear again. And it's like, damn, I remember when Diddy, I mean, not Diddy, I remember when Jay-Z was like, uh, you know, I love him, fuck him, never feed him, never give my heart to a woman. And now he's sitting here talking about the family up, feud. This album yeah. is about, like, progression. And I feel like that's where, I think that's why Hove is the greatest rapper mm-hmm. we've ever seen. Because Hove mm-hmm. also showed you his progression as a black man. True. He went from this guy that was a drug dealer on the block. Yeah. Yep. And showing you like, nigga, this ain't really right, but we gotta do what we nope. gotta do. Exactly. And you gotta either live by this or you gonna die by this. Mm-hmm. Till like fam, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business. Business. Like, <laughs> like he showed us like no, I've transitioned into being this thing. Like everything mm-hmm. revolves around me. And I got to mm. protect this in order to continue. Yeah. Till like, even, like, I know niggas hate this album, but on Kingdom Come, he was, he was telling us, like, fam, oh, I, I have. <laughs> yeah, but in there, it's a bunch of game about a guy mm. in his 30s who is, who is dating this woman who mm-hmm. has the potential to be the biggest artist in the world. Yeah. Should I want to marry her because I'm ready to marry her now, or should I evolve and let her grow and be bigger than what I can? Yeah, which he touches you know on a four 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 when he. On so which song, means, right and then we get to four four four. It's like, bro, mm-hmm. I've done a bunch of shit, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize what I was doing was some bullshit. There's mm-hmm. a, I have a legacy now that I have to pertain and maintain. Yep. Of yep. like not fucking up what I saw happen in my life. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Hove came from a household where his dad just left. Dipped. You know what I'm saying? Like Mama, he, Mama was technically a lesbian, hid it her whole life. Like I can't live this life again. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like so, I I appreciate that, and I and it goes back to what we were saying. It's all relatability. Mm-hmm. All our favorite rappers say shit that we relate to, and that's why we appreciate them. Exactly. No, that's 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 so fucking true. And if I as I start to close this out, if I can employ y'all, I said something at the beginning of this episode, how and and it probably pissing people off how there's no originality in rap or in music because history just repeats itself. If you guys think I'm bullshitting, if you think I'm lying, if you think I'm playing, just take this in compare in, in comparison. There was this rapper just a couple of years ago, I think it was two years ago, who made a fucking song about an old town road. And him and his homeboys laid it out. And if that shit wasn't so familiar to me to what Soldier Boy had did with that simple as crank that Soldier Boy, not in the sense of it being like a dance song, but it's just being like, where the fuck did this come from? 
and everybody's raving about it. And now this little motherfucker is like going from being just a normal like young boy making music to like now everybody's trying to get him to play something somewhere. This music shit never is never going to stop. It's an art form of expression. It's gotten people through some of the roughest times and it's celebrated some, some of the best times. Think about it. Your best situations generally have music playing. Your birthday party had music playing. You sing a song to wish somebody happy birthday. That's how important music really is to everybody. And so I just can't trust the motherfucker who said that I don't listen to music. You're kind of weird to me. That's kind of scary. Like, what the fuck? Like, what do you listen to? But then again, I can't trust anybody who takes music so fucking literal because you have to understand that some of this shit is fugues. Some of this is just a a, a story being told. I That's think, just my opinion. I think you gotta just, you have to. I think it's everything in life. You have to. Yeah. Everything in life, you gonna like what you like. Yeah, true. But you gotta also understand that there's people that like what they like. Yeah. Yeah. And when true. you become that open minded, you start to understand what what the world is like and what people are like. Because don't get me wrong, I don't like I live in Winston Salem and Winston Salem has a lot of like I'm about to start rapping and I'm about to rap about this gangster life. <laughs> I don't I don't know that because I don't see that. Yeah, but I do see the articles where there's like a murder every three weeks. So maybe yeah. this shit is happening. Yeah, but I also yeah. see a side of like life where it's like, fam, it's okay to be intelligent. It's okay to be oh, in a yeah. relationship. So you know what I'm saying? Those are what like yeah. life happens. Like life, there's always a bunch. Life is very multifaceted. Almost oh, definitely, so, it has to be. It, it don't matter what it is. You just got to start understanding people and, ha- and knowing that people have different tastes. They have different appreciate le- appreciation levels for things. And it's okay to be different. Just because I don't like some shit you like that you love is like, nigga, now I'm like the nigga that don't know shit. No, I just mm-hmm. don't see it that way because every time I heard it, it didn't relate to me. That is uh that is very much true, especially in the black culture, because one thing you can be in in our culture, I would say, you can be a lot of things. But initially, if you're the first person to do something, you are deemed a weirdo and motherfucker, get the fuck out of here. Now, in rare occasions, a lot of times people are like, Okay, like this is different. But a lot of times I you know, I remember in Kanye's first album, he was saying that, you know, people were looking at him different because he was hanging with Cam and them, but he wasn't wearing a jersey. You know, there was a time where, you know, a Louis Vuitton backpack and a polo was like, what? Right. What the fuck did you get on? And then he, and he spoke to the niggas who dressed like him. Dressed like that. Because I was definitely a nigga that dressed like that. Because <laughs> Lord knows, although I love Cameron's Purple Haze album, sir, I had never shot a gun. I hadn't smoked no weed. I didn't know nothing about nothing. So I was like, uh, I mean, I like it, but I don't relate. Now, the shit that, that makes me laugh about that whole mm-hmm. situation is he went from a guy that they were making fun of for wearing this, mm-hmm. this Louis this mm-hmm. Louis backpack and his polo with the collar popped to yep. uh, the Yeezy brand being a billion-dollar entity. I remember when that motherfucker said, didn't Yeezy jump over the uh, jump man? Or some shit like that. Like, and I remember Ed uh, Lover said, Ed Lover said, uh, motherfucker, you didn't jump over jump, man. Like, do you know how big the Jordan brand is? And now here we are 10 years later. I see more people wearing Jordans, but I don't see that many motherfuckers who can afford them easy sometimes. 
And I'm like, and that's son. because you can't get them. Get them. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that is an that's a thing of like investment. Like, okay, like how do you like how do you go from everybody making fun of you to becoming mm-hmm. one of the most important brands that niggas have ever seen? To it's, a billion a, dollar a billion yeah. dollar business mm-hmm. where niggas say, Well, it ain't that important, but in hindsight, it really is. It's really important. And I well, don't that's... think he gets his credit because he did a lot of things mm-hmm. the the right way and nobody mm-hmm. understood him because he was that. Like you gotta understand this nigga sold out Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. to do a fashion show. Mm-hmm. Where he just happened to play his new album, but it was also it was a fashion show, fam. Yeah, it's um, and that again, that all comes back to relatability and the the art of music because you and I'm I'm really trying to be as politically correct as I can, man. Fuck that. But I, I, yeah, you're so fucking right. Look here, y'all. I'm gonna be real with y'all. There's some motherfuckers. I'm not gonna say their names. So I'm not getting paid by them. But I'm gonna separate the art from the fucking music. I mean, from the person, because some of their music, some people's music that I listen to, I'm like, listen, for, for case in point of example, Kanye, bro, I'm always going to bump this nigga's first three or four albums. That's just going to be me, bro. The fuck would he wore a hat on? Like, I it, like, I don't agree with, you know, a good amount of shit homie says, but it's, you have to understand that it's, like Meezy said, I like what I like. This was bullshit that homie said it, but I like what I like. But on top of saying that, too. This music shit allows you to step on waves and create waves that you, you know, if you're really going to do it and leave a lasting mark, you're going to do things that people are going to either either underappreciate or overlook. Fact. And I'm not going to lie. The fact that Kanye was the first rapper I ever heard drop a fucking album that had a song in there rapping about Jesus and it wasn't corny. I was like, dude, this man has something. You rapping about Jesus? It is not even. It's not even, and it's just to be able to be a rapper that can just do stuff. Yeah, yeah sure. like, like he's a black like take rapper out of. He's a black man yeah. that can yeah. go to Viacom and say, "I want to take over your entire network for the day yeah. to show a movie that I made <laughs> for an album." Yeah, or you can go to MTV and Viacom and say, "Hey, I'm not coming to this award show unless yeah. I get an award and you give me 20 minutes to talk." And they said, "Not a problem." Yeah, oh, we want to hear what you got to say, or and even like, or even be the guy that can say, "Hey, we, I'm gonna put this hat on just so I can get a conversation with him." Yeah, yeah, and somehow. Him and his wife end up freeing people from jail behind it. Yeah, that's, you know, that's that's a crazy part, because if you think about that man in his his progression, a lot of people want to say how much he disappointed them, which, you know, some of his his comments have been pretty fucking questionable. I'm not gonna lie. But as you said, a lot of things that homie has done, you really realize, like I said, they even get overlooked or underappreciated. Yo. I am going to be real with you, and I, I'm going to leave it here as, as we clear this out. I pray for the day that I could see myself say some crazy shit, do some crazy shit. Maybe the woman I marry has a sex tape, and we progress so quickly to the point where we out here fighting for civil injustice, I mean, social injustice, and freeing black people. Right. 
that is a fucking 180 you know boy. I don't know. You see what, what I'm saying? Is. Like, I think we just give up on each other fast. Mm-hmm. I like what I said in the other episode. I said mm-hmm. people always get so like amazed by how you did something yeah. without realizing I did something. Like, mm-hmm. like, what it took I to put a hat on. I put this hat on. I said some wild yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. But I was, also free, I was also freeing niggas from jail too. Yeah. There's some duality here. Like <laughs> I was freeing niggas. And then you can't even and then that that you can't even it's crazy because what you what you'll find and this is uh my be my final thought about music, what you'll find is is uh although I disagree with this motherfucker a lot sometimes, Charlemagne the God said, um, you know, in this generation, Malcolm X is gonna remain Malcolm Little. Like mm-hmm. you motherfuckers wouldn't allow Malcolm X become Malcolm X because as that being one of my idols, son, Malcolm X has one of the craziest upbringings of being basically a pimp slash hustler slash drug user. You you don't know it, motherfucker, go watch the movie. And you know, he turns around being one of the biggest revolutionaries of all time. But you gotta give people a chance. I mean, Cole said it, you gotta give a boy a chance to grow some. And with that, man, I want to thank you, Measy, because I'm going to be real with you, dude. Eight months ago, I'm sitting in the same room that I'm recording in my mother's house. I never thought, yo, I'm going to get Measy on a fucking podcast. And as I know I can hear you rolling your eyes, I can hear you rolling your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means, you know, it's it's small potatoes to you, but it's 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 a, it means a lot to me. Because if I can employ anybody as I close this shit out, is that what y'all got to understand is that in life, when you want something... You just got to formulate a plan to go get it. You know, it's it's not going to work the way we want it to. But damn, I'd be, you know, like Cole said once, damn, I'd be damned if I don't try. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so that, man, I, I thoroughly appreciate it. Because like I said in our other episode, bro, I can still remember I had the fucking pursuit of happiness, crying, putting my arms in the air, clapping when you retweeted me. And it's just like, you like, bro, like. As you said, on you know, once we recorded, you were like, "Bro, I have a platform. I fucks with it. I want other people to fuck with it. That's that's it." Mm-hmm. And it's just crazy because the world we live in now, I feel like we're such in a rat race that so many of us don't. We fear, quote unquote, shouting someone out sometimes because we feel like they're gonna take our position. When in my position in life, I feel like you can't take nothing from me that wasn't supposed to be for me. You know, I just I just seen a quote yesterday that put a lot of shit in perspective for me. Mm-hmm. It was uh, they wasn't they wasn't competition. They just showed you that it could be done. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. <laughs> and and <laughs> look, showed you it could be done. And if that's not facts, how to uh, to just uh, and I'm sorry if I'm going long winded. Thank y'all so much for even being with us. Still, I just got to give Texture Active um their fucking roses because how this even came about was i was sitting in my chair and uh producer e he um he is a cool cool ass dude from the time period i've spoken to him he's one of Measy's good friends he's one of the guys on the show I, when i found out that e didn't go to school for the media shit i instantly was like i gotta get this nigga's attention i don't know how i'm gonna get his attention but i had to get his attention and then not because i was trying to like fucking like dick ride or do any crazy shit i just wanted to i wanted to bring something to you all the text of active without just sounding like i'm just begging so i made an episode called forest bias i ain't dropping one in a while i need to do one and i shouted you guys out 
And I remember Red said some funny shit. She was just like, we out here inspiring people. And I thought to myself, yes, dog. So all of you out there doing something, if, if you're doing something that's positive, I mean, shit, especially if you're doing something negative, but I'm going to focus on the positive. If you're doing something out there in the world that's positive and you put it out there, believe me, somebody's watching. I don't know Meezy from two days of yesterday. I've only been following bro on Twitter for a year and a half and listened to his progression of him talking about different things. But he put it out there in the world and it made a connection. And that's just how you have to understand it. The relatability and what you do and what you say goes a long way, not only just for people that are younger than you, but people your age. I like to think that in some ways, as much as I don't like this to be facts, we're all role models in some way. So shout out to fucking Charles Barkley. That nigga's a fucking liar. You are a role model. Somebody's looking up to you. But that's just my opinion. Meezy, man, thank you again so very much for fucking um, coming on this show. I'm so sorry for last week. We had some gems last week, but we lost them. But, hey, man, at least we got these going good, all right? Always, bro. You already know where I'm at. You got my number. You can hit my line if you ever need anything. Man, definitely. We all the same, and we all just trying to get out here and grow. Man, shit. We all just trying to get make it through this goddamn year. And like I said on last time's episode, one day I'm going to just pull up North Carolina, knock on Open Lab Media Sky Lab, and just knock on the door and just be like, E, you don't know me? I'm here. I'm on Capuche 901. I follow y'all niggas. Can I record an episode here? <laughs> because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he, he'll, he'll be all right. I, I'm so proud of what y'all did and do with that, man, that like just shouts the fuck out to y'all. Um, Meezy man, go ahead, plug yourself so I can let you go back to doing what you're doing because I know you got to get uh, ready with your day. Meezy Boulevard on all your socials. Uh, shout out to Textually Active Podcast. You just Google that and everything pop up. Uh, 10 Piece Killer Radios out yeah. here. Uh, Wealth and Prosper Records. My uh, my artist that I'm helping manage and uh, creative direct for. Banks of Fly Illuminati. We have yeah. a new project in stores right now entitled yeah. Be Like Banks. You guys go yeah. cop that. It's on all your platforms if you yeah. got paid for one. <laughs> uh, so uh, y'all go check that out. We here. Shout out to Uncle Poochie for letting me be here. That's my guy. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. And shout outs to everyone listening to it. Like I said, um, you know, it it honestly all starts with the mindset and then that turns into a plan that all began with a motherfucking dream. And like, I'm again, I'm fanboying boying out, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it alone because like I said, I can hear Meezy rolling his eyes. I can hear him rolling his eyes <laughs> over all the credit I try to give him. But man, thank you so very much, Meezy. I'm going I'm to I'm bang your line, bro. I'm going to close this out. You listen to another episode of Six We Under Podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle and like always ladies and gentlemen please 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 remember to allow the peace to kill the evil that is coming within you and measy man until next time dog can't wait to have you on another episode dog i appreciate you being here bro for sure all right definitely i'm out <laughs>